We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Everybody to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Monday, August 31st, brought to you by Dynasty Owner. My uh, this is Jeff Erickson. I'm here with Chris Liss, and we are going to talk a lot of good stuff today. It's uh, baseball trade deadline day just you know, finished up. Uh, busier day than usual. Draft season's in full form. Big, you know, is you know, we had Greg Ambrosius on our Sirius XM show earlier this, uh, today, Chris, and he was saying like. All of a sudden, someone they, they flipped on the on switch and like they got the flurry of league signups that they were hoping for. And, you know, I kind of think that might be true with a lot in the fantasy football industry as a whole. I think, you know, people wanted to wait to see if there actually was going to be a season. I feel, I feel like, OK, we're getting a lot closer now. Uh, it looks like we're going to get there. Looks like we're going to make it and have the start of a season. And I'm jinxing the hell out of it right now. But I think, it, it, you know, that, that that switch is flipped just later than usual this year. Yeah, the NFL is such a beast, right? The NFL yeah. is just going to like make it happen, create their own reality, get through it. Like there's, it just, it's like the boss of all the sports. We talked about this on the air a little bit on XM. It's the biggest sport, it's not just the most money. It's just the most diverse fan base. It seems like, it, you know, more women watch the NFL than say baseball, I would bet. And I just think like, it's, you know, it's just, it's the, 
things would have to get a lot worse for them to stop the NFL. Again, knock on wood, we're both jinxing it, but I just, I feel pretty much like this thing's going to happen and they're just going to plow through it any way they can. And their timing's lucky. Obviously baseball got the worst timing, Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, and basketball small enough that you could put it in a bubble, but the NFL, you can't. But I do think that, you know, people were waiting for their own drafts. They were like, okay, let's not schedule a draft August 1st. And then like with baseball, get it wiped out. Um, and so they're scheduling them now and that really there hasn't been, you know, these, these teams have been together in camp. I mean, they've been tackling each other and close quarters and there hasn't really been a thing, you know, and they've been testing often. I think a key is to test all the time because then if someone has it, they immediately get tested, you know, they immediately quarantine and they don't spread right. as much. So frequent testing among all the people that you're around and some discipline and not going to the strip club, um, is, uh, probably what it'll take. And, and it's great. I mean, you know, the NFL is, I mean, real NFL is, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying baseball to be honest, even I'm yeah. even enjoying baseball, this weird season where it's super annoying. I guess some of my teams have surged. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, like, suddenly I'm enjoying it a little bit. Your but mood's I, better all of a sudden. Weird. My, mood, strange. my whole mood is better, but, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I you know, let's, let's hope it, it goes off smoothly and, There'll be like some things here and there. Maybe, I don't know. There could be a second wave disaster, but it seems like they've got it. Like, you know, the, the frequent testing is so big and it seems like they've got a system in place. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. Huge news today to, you know, it, it like level one updates, level zero, as you like to call it, you know, big ones, Alvin Kamara miss has mispracticed the last three days. And, you know, they were really quiet. Saints were really quiet about it, said nothing until it got ferreted out today that it's contract related. And he's one of the many running back running backs in that class from three years ago. This is year four. And unless unless you've got the deal in place, I can see why now that, you know, they you know, it's big. You know, we saw we've heard a lot with Dalvin Cook, heard a lot about Joe Mixon. We, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey actually got the deal. So did Derrick Henry. But Kamara had been largely quiet. Now, all of a sudden. You know, he, he's out and, you know, he wasn't maybe he's trying to keep it low, low key, but it's, ten, you know, two weeks to the start of the season and he's sitting out. Yeah, I mean, he's getting less than a million dollars. He's one of the best running backs in football and running backs take a huge pounding. They have short shelf lives. I mean, he's got to get paid this year. He can't go play for nine hundred thousand dollars or whatever, uh, being one of the key pieces on a Super Bowl contender. And then gets injured at the end of the year or something, that's it. You know, I mean, maybe probably, he probably would get a contract because as long as he's not too damaged, he's, uh, you know, he's just such a talented pass catcher. But if he does, if he has another year, like he did last year, where he's playing on one leg and his averages are down like they were last year, maybe he doesn't get much of a contract. He would get some kind of contract, but maybe he doesn't get enough and he's got to get paid. He's one of the guys that has to get paid. Now he's not a quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he's not even like a, a wide receiver. He's not a cornerback. He needs to get paid now. And it's tough because I don't think the Saints have much under the cap. I think I saw they have $4 million or something. I, I couldn't really tell. I looked on a site. It was kind of murky. But I don't know how much they can pay him, but this is a this is a thing. So I doubt he wants to hold out. Um, I don't know what the solution is, but I downgraded him below CEH and Zeke. I had him third. Now he's, now he's fifth. I was just going to ask you, what? how far does he go down? Uh, if he doesn't sign by next weekend, I mean, I shouldn't say he doesn't sign. If he's still sitting out practice by next weekend, how far does he go down? Uh, I mean, like, 
by next weekend, the weekend before the season starts. Yeah. If he's still like through the weekend. Yeah. Through the Monday, weekend. Let's say we, we come day, back. We're we recording next Monday. So a week from Monday, we're going to be in the first week of NFL season. Yeah. Um, we're going to, you know, the game is what Thursday night. So yeah. Um, I think he's probably like a second rounder maybe. Yeah. And we'd gone, we played this game of chicken before if you, and with Melvin Gordon, you, if you assumed he was coming back, Oh, he's got no leverage. He'll have to come back. Well, eventually you were right, but not in time for you to benefit from it. Love right. bell. You got nothing. Zeke, you were just fine. Zeke got paid. Uh, you know, I think oh. it's more closer to Zeke than it is those other guys. But, you know, I would have thought the same with Lev Bell. And Lev Bell was a little different because he was on the, uh, you know, because it wasn't like year four. It was because he was already getting franchised. And that was, you know, two years in a running that he got franchised. And so it's a little different. But still, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of draw it closer to the case of Elliott. And they do have Latavius Murray. But, you know, here's the thing that's kind of, you know, I'd be infuriated, too, if I'm Kamara. Look at, look at Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill got paid. Uh, that's really bad. I mean, that's just really bad. What were they doing? Like, it's just really bad to have spent the money on him when Kamara is underpaid like that. You got to think that through. It's like being a company and there's one guy who's, you know, the key to your team and takes all these hits. There's another guy who's this like gadget player luxury guy right? who's useful in his role you can't do that. You just, it's just a, it's just a self inflicted error. It's, it's just, you know, an unforced error. And basically, yeah, I don't know how this ends. I mean, obviously when the team caves, it's fine. When the player caves, it's, you know, eventually it's fine, but I don't know. I don't know Camaro's personality well enough. Like bell is kind of a badass, right? Like bell and bell got screwed. He went through the rookie contract. He got franchised twice like all right enough's enough yeah so that there's that at least bell was due to get paid he got 15 mil the year before he was going to get 16 mil the year he got franchise so it's like okay well you can see both sides of that but camara's getting less than a million dollars right and he's worth you know 10 15 15 probably you know in terms of like the value that he adds so okay you know i, I could see like you're a rookie. You have a great year. Second year probably should, you know, pay him, but way the NFL is another great year. Third year you play hurt. It's like at some point you've proven that you need to get paid. You, you can't just wait to do it on their timing. So man, I, I don't know how it goes. I, I don't, I really don't know. I, I've got him at fifth overall because I assume that they're going to, that, you know, something's going to happen, but I just don't know. Yeah, and just and just to illustrate, Taysom Hill is getting got it basically got a one year extension for sixteen point three million. It's consider it's a, technically it's a two year twenty point nine four million dollar deal. Regardless, just the, you know, and he has three years of experience. Also, he's older. He's thirty, which shouldn't be a point in his favor. By the way, he's never been a starting quarterback. He's a gadget player guy, and they chose to make him the priority over Camara. Think about yeah, that. That's, that's just really bizarre. Weird. To me, it's just yeah. utterly bizarre. I'd I'd be angry too uh, in that boat. I, I yeah, it's it's aggravating. Uh, you know, no matter what you want to say about running backs, Taysom Hill is not your standard quarterback. He's not even the backup. Teddy Bridgewater is the backup. I mean, not Teddy Bridgewater, but James uh, Winston. Winston's the backup. 
you know, Taysom Hill wouldn't step in and be it. Maybe they've got great long-term plans for Taysom Hill. Come on. No way does he should that happen. I mean, yeah, give him that contract after you take care of Camara. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's just bizarre. I, I, I don't get it. And uh, it's, it's just, as I said, it's an unforced error. It's, they, they don't have much cap room. I think they have $4 bucks, and I don't know how you can structure stuff. or Right. They let go rules. of starting offense alignment because there are cap issues. Now, I think he, he, I think he opted out, if I'm not mistaken, after the fact. Uh, but how that, it, it, it's striking to me. That, that, right. that's I, wonder, their sense I, wonder, of I wonder how much they can pay. Like, what what can they do? <laughs> how, you know, how creative can you get? And and Hills is all backloaded on the next year, so as an indicator of their their cap woes. Uh, well, if they can backload, and you can do lots of different ways to backload. So Kamara gets two million this year. Though he's got it's two million out of his total of like four. He got paid like nothing his first couple of years. So he gets two million his final year, um, and then so. So I want to see what the cap situation is. They could find him. I doubt they're going to do that. Kamara's 25. I'm looking at this. They have seven and a half million of salary cap space. I said four, seven and a half. But next year, um, they may be in trouble because if the revenue drops because of COVID and you know lack of attendance, um, that you know because it's based on the rev share, um, they will be right, right up against it. So I guess. Yeah, they're they're like second most money spent, having uh, and they've got a bunch of other guys they need to sign too, like Lattimore, who's you know big time. So um, I don't know. It seems like if they have seven and a half mil, is there a way they can give that to him? But they can't promise him anything in the future. Yeah. Uh, if I'm the Saints, I just use it up on him and just say, okay, this is what we have. Take it for this year, and then we'll revisit at the end of next year when your contract, you know, something like that. I don't I don't know what they can do. Yeah, uh, I, I I think their plan was I I think it's pretty obvious that their plan is to let him walk after this year. I got to think yeah. it is just based on the other guys they have to sign in the in the situation. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, you look at twenty twenty one for them; uh, they're they're in trouble. I think they have negative cap space. Yeah, they have neg- they have right. They're they're way over, and the cap may go down. Right. So if, if you know that as a player, I mean, you, they can explain that all they want to you, but that all you have to do is say you took care of Taysom Hill. Right. I mean, and, and it doesn't really matter. That's not his problem. Right. Like how much space they have. That's not right. really his problem. Like that's a choice that they made. Exactly. Um, I remember when uh, broadband was failing and uh, I wanted to get a raise cause I was getting paid peanuts when, uh, Roto news first hired me. So yeah. I asked, uh, I asked Pete, and he, he's, he's put me to this guy, Jeffrey Pollock. And yep. then Jeffrey Pollock couldn't deal with me. So he said, okay, you're going to have to talk to George Platiza, who was like the, one of the bosses. Yep. So I had an appointment with him. I remember being pretty nervous like to ask like the boss. But it was like the company was falling apart anyway. It was so the I, CFO. Yeah. Yeah, he's the CFO of the company. And so I went up there and um, took a couple deep breaths, felt relaxed, came in. And he was like, showed me this thing, you know, C- CFO speak. He's like, okay, so there's a bucket for people in the content like you. And then there's people who do this. And he's, he was trying to like, give me the salary cap speech, basically like, this is how it works. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, listen, frankly, like all that stuff's great. Like you're showing me how you organize things, but it's not really relevant to me. Like I'm, I'm not getting enough money. I'm getting nothing. And you know, I have to pay bills. So for me, I'm just telling you that like, it's not sufficient. 
And right. I was very calm about it. And he was like, okay, that's fine. And I got a raise. And then like three months later, the company was You bankrupted disbanded. the company, basically. <laughs> was, All your personal selfish so, desires to be able to make a living and make your rent payment. They, How dare you, Chris? It, it was so little money I was getting anyway. And the raise was like a couple grand. But it was just a win, so I felt good about it. But they were, remember they, the, the vending machine was free and then they started charging 50 cents or something for it. Like yeah. that's how they decided to cut costs. So yeah, I was the straw that broke the camel's back apparently. But I mean. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. It's, but the, the premise is the same. It's like all the other stuff is not, oh, yeah, but you see we're in this cap crunch and this. That's not Camara's problem. That's the Saints' problem. Right. You know, so It's not my problem um, you mismanaged the cap. Yeah. Right, exactly, it's, and, and the other players need to get paid, and we're close to contending. You know, it's like and each year it, is currency for a running back. I mean, you only have X number of healthy years, and you already played hurt for this team last year. With you played through a knee injury last year, and and he's twenty five. You know, I mean, he's not that young for a right. running back. So uh, yeah, it's he's this is this could be a problem. I mean, this I don't know that he's going to cave, and I don't know that they can that they have what it takes. Yeah, uh, and. I, I, you know, and I'm liking this pushback a little bit. I, I understand the whole, you know, this, this premise, you know, running backs don't, you know, running backs don't matter you know, all that. I get where people are coming with it from a intellectual standpoint. I hate it from a human standpoint. Uh, and I hate it, you know, and I, it's, it's a convenient dodge for NFL teams to collectively decide, okay, we're just going to devalue this position. You know, it's just like, well, this is this is a, a box that you put yourself in. This isn't like, oh, we happen to be in this box. No, you designed the box to be this way. So that's your problem, not mine. I get it for these yeah. running backs. And we're going to see more of that because, you know, I think as a league as a whole, that that's the way we're turning. And I get it. It is fundamentally unfair to running backs. Yeah, it is. I mean. You know, there's a couple different arguments. One is that the market bears what the market bears, right? So if this guy is eminently replaceable, then sorry, like nobody's owed an NFL job, right? Like I'd love to, well, I don't know if I'd love to play in the NFL because I do get a lot of damage to myself. But like, you know, when I was young, if I had NFL talent, I would play in the NFL, you know, at least until I got hurt. Um, And because it's, you're not entitled to that. That's a, you know, that's, it's takes only a few people that can do that. And so there's the, there's the idea of like, well, you know, if, if the market doesn't value you, then that's that. And you can go do something else. Um, and I kind of agree with that. But I also think that the running backs don't matter thing is completely is exaggerated. It's a bunch of spreadsheet guys who they have some understanding, but I don't think they have the full understanding. I don't think that Derrick Henry is, you know, I've seen people argue he's just a guy because he doesn't catch passes. And I don't, I don't think that if you watch Titans games and, I don't know how you factor in the damage to the defense. Someone that big and powerful does how much the defense has to focus on him, how much moving the chains and just consistently, mm-hmm. you know, getting four and a half to five yards of carry with the ability to break one, uh, how important that is. And, you know, obviously when you add pass catching, like some of the Camara McCaffrey, it's even more valuable. 
So I don't think they have the numbers right. I think that um, they, they have a point. There's a point. I think, you know, in the vast middle, they probably are pretty fungible running backs. But at the top, and we're talking about the top, when you're talking about Henry and, and Kamara and McCaffrey and Barkley, you're talking about the top. I think they have more value than the uh, spreadsheet jockeys are are giving them credit for. And um, if, if I were running a football team, I would – I mean, I wouldn't spend more than, you know, my quarterback or something really important, but I would spend, I'd be willing to spend up for a Camaro or a Barkley type. Yeah. Just there, there, I think that maybe the point is there's a finite smaller number of them than you, you think there are just that, that year happened to have a lot of, you know, elite potential or high level guys. So maybe that's part of it. The other and thing also, too, I, I think the short shelf like makes them seem less valuable because they'll be like, why are you paying Todd Gurley? It's such a waste of money. Why are you paying Melvin Gordon? Why are you paying, you know, so-and-so, but like Todd Gurley at his peak was really good, you know, and their peak is short though. So like these guys have two years where they're really plus players, maybe three, if you're great, five or six, Um, but that's it. And so they're lumping these sort of overpaid guys who, whose best years are behind them in with the C it doesn't matter. But I think when they're at their peak, when Jamal Charles got 5.6 yards per carry or 6.1 yards per carry, that guy was super valuable. And so it may only be two years and, it, and you and I've talked about it, that the structure of rookie contracts is totally unjust to running backs because they should get market value for the first two or three years. And then, you know, and then the market will take care of, you know, take care of itself where they won't get paid much after that. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and then one other point on the market uh, discussion is it's not a free market. It's not an open market. It's a controlled market. You know, it's, you know, first of all, the salary cap. Secondly, you know, it's not like you can go into another league. There is no other alternative. It's not like soccer where there's 10 professional leagues. You know, there, there's nothing like that. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that are, you know, are you, you know, it's not a completely fair market. And, they, you know, that it's that's why it's, it's a market of their own creation. And that's the thing that makes it a little bit difficult, uh, you know, to, well, to kind of not a market for your services anywhere else. It's the only right. game in town, literally. Right. But but it's also structured to be that way too, and it's it's kind of like eh, yeah. But I, they don't have a monopoly. I mean, the XFL try it just they haven't been able to succeed. Uh, so there's demand for this particular league, and mm-hmm. there's more supply of people wanting to participate in it. And you know you can go and get a job doing something else. And true, it sucks. You've trained your whole life for this, but just like minor league baseball players, they've trained their whole life, but. It doesn't mean you're going to get to play. Now, baseball has is actually a monopoly, so it's a little bit more. That's an even stronger argument against that. But yeah, you know, I, I just think that like the, the unfair thing is the rookie deals because it's like, okay, fine, you want to talk market forces and say, look, it's just like this. But then why are you having this? It's like socialism for the for the teams, or at least for the veterans. I mean, socialism for the owners when it comes to young players, but you know, it's a free market. Sorry. The market doesn't want you. Yeah. That's where it's unfair is that, is that it's, that it's, they're basically making these guys into this rookie box. That's not a free market. And then they're saying when they're getting cut or, you know, not paid more. Oh, it's, it's free market, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and th- there's that. And yeah, like you said, the rookie deal is really heinous. I mean, it, it, it because, but it fits, you know, it serves everybody, but the rookies. That's the thing that makes it the, the tough part. Oh, we no longer have to worry about draft pick holdouts anymore. Hey, problem solved. Older players, yeah. veterans are like, I don't care. You know, I'm getting paid. Doesn't cost me, you know, doesn't count against me. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, let's do that. We'll sell out the younger players for the older players. This happens in every sport. No, but, yeah, they, they do that in baseball. They screw themselves. Yep. But, but yeah, it, it is really – that's what it is. The veterans get – so, you know, the, the salary cap's based on a revenue share. And so if the rookies are held down, then the veterans get paid more. And it works for quarterbacks. It's fine, right? I and mean, the quarterbacks still get decent money, but then they really blow up and get the huge contract when they – finish their rookie deals and they're usually intact and they can do it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for running backs. And you know, the, the solution is a drastic one and it's a difficult one, but like the NBA is the easiest, but the NFL, I mean, players, a lot of them are rich, start your own league. You know, like the owner should not be getting 50% of the cut, you know, but the, well, here's the thing is, is they get that because of the brands, the brands are really powerful and the NFL yeah. brand is really powerful. So their, their fathers created it or their grandfathers created it. And so that's, you know, you can inherit money. That's, that's fair. Or you bought into the league with your own money. And that's, that's another, I mean, you know, I mean, let's not, you know, some guys are, there's some ill gotten gains, but there's some legit gains. People had legitimate, you know, they provided goods and services to people and they, they bought in. And so, okay, they, they own this brand and these brands are really valuable, but I guess it is 50, you know, I don't know, but, but the idea that like, you know, cause, cause ownership and scheduling and all that kind of stuff that can be done with an algorithm. Like that's trivial mm-hmm. these days. Like the whole like organization of the, the league is trivial drafting, scouting, all that stuff. I mean, anybody could set that up. It's just the brand that's so valuable. Right. Impossible to fight against impossible. All right. We got to take and a quick... NFL is the hardest of all. I mean, by yeah. far with not, it's not even close Uh quick, uh, note here. Uh, if you've been looking for a new challenge, you should consider playing dynasty owner, fantasy football. Dynasty owner fantasy football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to dynastyowner.com slash rotowire. Leagues are forming now. That's dynastyowner.com slash rotowire. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. If you're like uh, Chris Liss and know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Validate your fantasy football skills. That's DynastyOwner.com slash RotoWire. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. All right, Chris, so that was one bombshell item. The other one's also running back related, and that's Leonard Fournette. Uh, and the difference is Fournette is not the same player that he once was when he was drafted. Some of that's due to in- injuries. The other thing about him, too, is he's had issues with you know getting along with the, the, the coaching staffs, which the front office. Now, some of that could have been, t- you know, as it comes out, you know, we hear more about like Tom Coughlin and how he ran the, fran- the Jaguars franchise. Maybe that's not all on him. You know, it's quick to paint that he's a troublemaker brush on him. When there's other stuff going on, although I will add, you know, some of his stuff was actually on the field. We got in that fight on the field and Buffalo got kicked out of the game, uh, all that. And then there's this performance on the field. He is not the dynamic player that Alvin Kamara is. No, I mean, I still think, I mean, he's, he's been all right last year, 4.3 yards per carry and on a pretty bad team. I mean, he's not, he's not terrible. I just think that fourth overall pick, I think he's more of a, physical, you know, an athletic freak that could dominate in college, but against the pros, it's, it's not as useful and you can run away from people when he's going full speed, but 
that's not really the skill that's needed. He had a hundred targets, 76 catches last year, but not especially efficient. He's okay as a pass catcher. I mean, I think someone will sign him. I think someone will, you know, someone will sign him, I think for a, a small deal and he'll play and see if he can earn out his contract. I mean, Jacksonville's he played with Bortles uh, and he played with rookie Minshew. I mean, it's, it hasn't been a great uh, situation for him either. No, it hasn't. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, the big question. So I almost wonder, like, was he because I guess he was he was kind of limited in practice a little bit in training camp. Maybe that it, maybe they weren't limiting him. Maybe he was self-limiting. And, you know, they said, OK, if you're going to hold out, you're just out of here. Goodbye. You know, see ya. That, that's possible that that was the scenario. I mean, they tried to trade him in the offseason. They couldn't even get like a six round pick for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's uh, who's who knows. Right. Because. Right. They might say that because it justifies sure. even the four million they owe him and just cutting him. But yeah, I mean he's he's sort of a, a dinosaur, you know, Fournette in in this day and age where you got to be a route runner and um, and he's just sort of a a big fast guy. So I think someone will pick him up, and I just hope it's not uh, any of the run. I think the interesting thing about Fournette is where he lands isn't for him, but it's for does he screw up Miles Sanders? Does he screw up? Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, God forbid, right. does he screw up Ronald Jones? There's definitely somebody on some team that remembers him from high school or college who knows him or knows his agent. That's like, Ooh, we really want, we really like Fournette. We were surprised he went four, but we were prepared to take him at 11 or something like that. You know, it's somebody like that. That's going to say, why not for free, a free, a free role. And it could be the Patriots. They have done stuff like that before, but there's a lot of teams. It could be, it's kind of, pointless to speculate but i i do expect he'll sign somewhere unless there's a behind the scenes story that's so damning that mm-hmm. you know but there's no darius guy stuff here he's never been like that he's never been in that kind of trouble he's gotten into spats with coach or player on the field but i haven't heard anything really negative about him yeah uh, i haven't either uh and so you know i presume i i'm with you i presume that that does not exist but uh we'll see we'll find out soon enough on that uh but yeah he's now, I, I think the thing is, he'll be where, wherever he goes, he's probably going to be in a better situation than he was in Jacksonville. I mean, maybe not well, if he goes to New England. Well, it might be a backup. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. he's it, it, at best a timeshare, I would think. Who, who, for what team would he actually start? New England, Washington. I, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know that maybe he would start over Peterson. He's basically like, the newer version of Peterson. Peterson was great. You know, Peterson still got a little, yeah, he could start over Montgomery who's banged up. Yeah. Maybe Although so. that's a bad situation though. So maybe that wouldn't be a better situation there. That's, that's the, the counterpoint. Well, it can't be worse. Uh, it could be worse. It's possible. He, he certainly wouldn't get the, the targets cause they got Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Oh, it'd be worse fantasy wise, but I mean, yeah. worse for him as a player is what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was the other thing. You wake up to that and you're like, whoa, someone's third round pick is now a free agent. And if you drive, if you, if you got stuck with them, just hold on to them. Sure. But man, it's frustrating. You probably won't be able to use them in week one now. Oh, no, probably not. Almost certainly not. Cause even if he signs somewhere, you're not going to know what about, well, so I said, I have Camara fifth. Now, what do you do with the fourth pick? If, if Zeke Barkley and McCaffrey are gone. I think you real man it. CEH? Yeah. I mean, don't you? I would. You know, D- Dalvin Cook, someone could take. 
I mean, Mixon's got problems. You know, a lot of guys have problems in the first round. You know, who's kind of quietly creeping up for me and I should probably move him up a little more is Aaron Jones. <laughs> he's could have been a contract holdout. He doesn't seem to be. And he's in that class, but he's just, he's good. Just cause they drafted AJ Dillon. Everybody's got it. You know, Aaron Jones could be fifth, sixth. No, everyone takes him like 12th, 13th. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I mean, that, that's the thing. Some guys fall. You know, Nick Chubb's been falling a lot uh, in, in, in the NFSC. Like, I've seen him go as low as late as 17. I'm like, give me all of that. But there's a, but there's a reason for that. Yeah, because he doesn't catch passes with uh, Hunt right. there. Sure. And even and Hunt, they used at the goal line a little bit. Well, it was last year, so who cares about those? Right. Mario's made this point that, like, don't read too much into what last year's coaching staff did. But, yeah, I mean, the, the third down stuff is going to be Kareem Hunt. And so – you know, so that's just a ceiling in a PPR league, but like Aaron Jones is a great pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I, I like him. I, I, I happy to take Jacobs in leagues. Um, I, th- I think he's a perfectly fine target for the end of that first. Round. Actually, I kind of like the end of the first round, but now that these guys, you know, that we're starting to get more get pushed up. Yep. Yeah. Now that a couple of guys are getting pushed down, some of these other guys are getting pushed up and we all want to make sure we have one running back. Right. That's the thing. I mean, you did your zero running back draft in one league and I, I like how it worked out. But, you know, you've got a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, between Swift and Rojo and, you know, the running backs you do have. Uh, but at least it looks like Swift is getting better. Rojo looks like he, he's getting better too, but that those you kind of have to like sweat that out when you go there. You know, otherwise most people are like, ah, I got to get at least one in, one running back, and that back end of the first round is looking pretty darn good, especially in the uh, NFFC where you get third round reversal and you still get a pretty great receiver at the beginning of round three. I mean, that's a pretty you know I I think when I do uh, you know prime time I might be KDSing the back end of that first round. Yeah, so here here's what you actually get is a great receiver at the end of round four. So I think that's where you make your money is at the end of round four, because end of round four, you're still going to get DK Metcalf or DJ Chark or one of those guys. And beginning of round five. I mean, you're going to get, and beginning round five. That's right. You get five players that you can put your whole lineup of non QBs is basically set besides the flex. So, or you get a chance, a shot at Mahomes or Jackson there if you want. Yeah. I don't, Say, like say for instance, way. if like OBJ gets pushed to the end of the second round, if Allen Robinson gets pushed to the end of the second right. round, it's, if I'd you're, probably still take Jonathan Taylor or somebody, but I can see it. So you can get Jones and say you get Jones and Jacobs in the turn. Mm-hmm. And then, although again, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to get pushed into like 10, nine, 10, 11, but say you got Jones and Jacobs and then round three, you get OBJ, which you can get. And round four, you can get Chark, and round five, you can get McLaurin, or you can get, you know, you know Metcalf or whoever, or Mo Brown, Met- or yeah, 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 any of those guys. And so you get three stud receivers with two, you know, pass catching, do it all running backs. I mean, Jacobs intends to catch passes. We'll see. And then you're you're just in great shape. And then you know, late round six, you end up with Gallup or you know, CD Lamb or somebody. You get another receiver, but. You're just, a, it's just a really good way to start a draft. You're right. I mean, I, I'm still going to put the first four first, mm-hmm. but man, Kamara's a wild card. What do you do if Kamara falls to seven or eight? You just take him and just, if you're eighth and he falls? Probably. I mean, my net, yeah, you know, it's funny. I've got 
uh, a salary cap league or auction, depending on how you still like to refer to it tonight uh, in, in Yahoo, uh, a Yahoo format. I think, I think it's half point PPR. I've got a home league in the middle of the week. And then this weekend I'm going to do uh, prime time and I got to figure that out how I want to handle it. You know, I, I want to avoid that decision. Now, granted, you avoided this decision with Trout and you ended up being okay, or even DeGrom a little bit in baseball. And, you know, he got pushed down because there's a brief scare about health. I mean, you can exploit these scares sometimes too. Until they exploit you. you know, <laughs> I mean, true. it's really, it's just, everything is so, uh, result dependent. Like, you know, the, the, right. parable, you know, like the, the lesson you take from it, like remember that year Pujols was supposedly hurt and then he went crazy mm-hmm. or, or Kershaw Charles. getting hurt in Australia and then went crazy because well, if you got him in the second he round, he missed a month and he won 21 games and was so lights out. And then the next year he had some back problems and it wasn't the same. So it's, it's, it's really just, sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't, you yep. need to get a discount and it's, there's a certain point where the reward is worth it of getting yep. one of these elite players. And you got to just decide where that point is for you. Exactly. Uh, quick note here from our friends at fan draft, take your league's fancy football draft to the next level with fan draft, the online fancy football draft board fan draft makes your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as a streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, and more. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts by exporting the display via a projector or onto a large screen TV for the league to enjoy. It can also be used fully online, and any number of your league owners can join the draft remotely. You can perform both traditional and auction-style drafts. FanDraft also supports IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and just about any customization to meet your league requirements. You can sign up for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure you use promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15% off your purchase. Again, that's Fandraft.com and promo code ROTOPOD15 to save 15%. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Chris, you had a couple big drafts, uh, one you know, slow draft and one uh, live draft. Uh, the Beat Chris Liss 2, let's talk about that one next. You real manned it. You took uh, – Camaro went before you. You, you, know, you were thinking, okay, I'll take Camaro. Instead of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 1.4. But no, someone took Kamara at 1.3. So then you had to choose between Zeke and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and you still went Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I did. Um, I, you know, I may end up regretting it, especially if uh, Fournette's uh, – I don't think he's an Andy Reid type of guy. But, um, yeah, I just – you know, I think Tony Pollard is the thing. I think Tony Pollard is good. They, they say that he's a better uh, – Michael Gelkin – Who's, a, who's covering them said that he's a better pass receiver than Elliot by far and a better route runner. So I think Pollard may be there in a lot of third downs. There's really, is there any reason they have to give Zeke 280 carries and you know, why not in his fifth year, whatever it is, he's already gotten paid. Why not just give him 190 care or not 190, but like 240 carries and give Pollard 130 and give Zeke 38 catches and give Pollard 50 catches. I mean, why not? And it's a new coach. So, you know, we just assume Zeke's going to have Zeke's role because he's Zeke and he's done it before, but mm-hmm. nothing's written in stone. Every year is different. Every season, you know, there's nothing wrong with mixing it up a bit. So that, you know, that kind of moved me down a little bit on Elliot. And then Edwards Hilaire, obviously there's the floor is lower because we just don't know, but he had 55 catches last year. Uh, Andy Reid compared him to Brian Westbrook said he's better than Brian Westbrook, who was a monster. Um, 
and uh, in Philly and a great pass catcher. And he's on the chiefs. They took him in the first round. I don't know. It just seemed like the fun player to own the guy who could push McCaffrey for, you know, number one overall in Barkley. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, seriously, could uh, I mean Zeke? Yeah, you know, I, I'm you know I'm kind of twisted on it because he's he's always he's always been good, and that's the thing. He's he's never been like you know he's just a little slow at the beginning of the year last year, but otherwise you know he ended up still doing Zeke things. Uh, he signed already, so there maybe you know they'll they'll have more uh, motivation to preserve him a little bit. You know, ironically, well, that's what I mean. He's got paid, so like they don't need to you know use him up. He's had 300 carries his first four years in the league. Well, he had 242 of the year he's suspended, but he's well, you know, paced for well over 300. He's been worked to death. And you know, it's like he, he caught 54 passes last year. He had 77 that one year, but his first two years, 32 and 26, I projected him for what, like 50 or something like that this year. Um, how many is projected for? Where's the projection? I don't see it on this, on this, on the page. Anyway, I just think like he's good. But if if Pollard has a bigger role, we could almost see it be like Hunt and Chubb, you know, where the guy's good, but he's got another good guy in the backfield too. Yeah, uh, that that's actually uh, that's possible. It, it, it is certainly possible. I mean, and and like you said, Pollard is really good. Was they were they didn't lose, miss a step last year when they had him? So yeah, could see that happening very easily. Uh, okay, so that you know, we spent we spent too much time talking about first round picks, but uh, there you go. You get Kittle in the second round at two point nine. Thought about stacking Kelsey, decided you weren't going to do that because you knew you weren't going to get Mahomes. Uh, I, I, why do you like Kittle better than Kelsey? Otherwise, I don't. I, I think I have him like fraction of a point apart, and it looks like uh, Kittle's returning to practice, so the hamstring's not that big of a deal. But uh, I just went with Kittle because the Niners have a lot of injuries to their receivers and they may lean on Kittle a tiny mm-hmm. bit more early on, but that's a coin flip. I just wanted to diversify a lot. I didn't want two guys on the same team. Cause I didn't, I didn't think that uh, Mahomes would come back to me. And I, I, I don't really see a big profit in stacking chiefs because they're priced in Mahomes is priced for 45 passing touchdowns. Kelsey's priced for what he is. Obviously Edwards layer four is more than priced in. So the stack doesn't get you anything special if they all do well. It's like, well, yeah, no, but you know, you're just picks. getting good production. I always feel like the first two rounds, you're not looking for profit. You're looking for production. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, I think you're looking for production and then a little bit hint of upside. So I think Kittle and, uh, Kittle and, and the latest on Kittle is he, you know, he hasn't practiced since Wednesday, but he's supposed to return to practice this week. Tests have not revealed a strain. So they're just, and it makes sense. You know, he missed a couple games last year. Why push things? You know, and, and you're right. He and when when they're missing so many other wide receivers, he could be a target monster. Week one against Arizona. Now I know uh, Arizona drafted Simmons almost express, expressly in mind with covering Kittle, but they, they, in the past they've been so weak against uh, tight ends that uh, you know that was one of the reasons why they they, they they went and got him. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what how how that works out. But yeah. He's going to be a monster target guy. Uh, 3.9, Adam Thielen. This is the part of the draft that I always find interesting because this is where, like, you have a bountiful different, you know, a, tons of wide receivers available to you. It's a PPR league, so full-point PPR, and you you chose Thielen over A.J. Brown, over Cup, over Cooper, 
you know, you know, over McLaurin, over Sutton. Uh, make the case for Thielen over those guys. If if I were to move Thielen down one percent, he'd drop eight spots. I mean, <laughs> they're all right there. That's what I thought. I, yeah, yeah, they're really close. But Thielen's the top guy on my board at that point. I mean, Beckham was gone, Allen Robinson was gone, and I just think Thielen. There's like, if you were to put a bet up on like, who's going to lead the NFL in targets, my first choice would be Michael Thomas. My second choice would be Devonte Adams, but Thielen might be my third choice. It might be Thielen. It might be Hopkins and it might be Allen Robinson in terms of just pure targets mm-hmm. because Minnesota lost digs and Justin Jefferson might be good or Irv Smith may step up, but that's it. I mean, it's a narrow tree and Thielen is the only guy who's really established a little nervous that he's 30 and he's had hamstring problems last year, but if he stays healthy, he could get, you know, 120 catches. I, mean, I think cousins is going to look for him all the time. So, you know, a, a little bit more of a health risk, I think, than some of these other guys who are younger than him, but the upside is, you know, 120 for 1309 touchdowns. Yeah. And you made the comment earlier too, that nothing slipped in this draft. Uh, and that probably starts, uh, you know, when, you know, looking at, you know, after the Thielen pick, all of Brown, Cup, Cooper, McLaurin, and Sutton went. I know you're a touchdown Terry guy. Would he have been your first choice among those, or was it Cooper or Brown? Who would you have taken if any one of those had slipped around four? Uh, I wouldn't have taken – I think I would take Gordon over all those guys because the guys I really like are Metcalf and Chark. Probably Chark is my guy at round four. Uh, but I just took Gordon because I only had one running back, so I felt like the running back was the thing that would get really thin. So I took Gordon, who I like, but he's got this rib thing going on. Ribs don't bother me as much as a muscle, you know, soft tissue injury, but right. it's not ideal. Yeah, and to your point, after Gordon went, Gurley, Carson, David Johnson, Swift, Akers, Ingram, and Hunt all went. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, you, you were pretty much, and Taylor was gone well before that. He went at 3-3, so you never had a shot at him. Uh, so, yeah, it's... You were kind of left in that, that you're really kind of left with, uh, okay, am I going to take like Singletary or am I going to take, you know, and you couldn't, you know, Cream Hunt. Yeah, you, you're now you couldn't even take that. You're left like no, at Montgomery or Dobbins, who I like Dobbins, but Dobbins, uh, there's two guys probably ahead of him for early downs. It's, it's mm-hmm. a tough yeah, situation. Yeah, because the thing about, and I love Dobbins, but early season, it's going to be frustrating. Same reason, you know, I'm in a 16-teamer, and I, I have Taylor in a lot of leagues in the third round, but I passed on him in a 16-teamer just because, you know, you know you're going it, to – it's a lot longer before you get the next guy back. And I, I felt like there – I am I maxed out on the receivers. And it's a league where we have two flexes. We go 2-2 two, two, and 2-2. Two, 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 and two. two running backs, two receivers, two flexes. So I kind of was like, well, I'm just going to get these – I'm going to get four good receivers in rounds two through five. I started with uh, Edwards Hilaire. And then with the notion being is, okay, now I've got better flexes than everybody else, and I can mix and match with that second running back spot a little bit. And we'll see how it plays out. But I kind of like how it is so far. I could have done it that way. But I kind of like the way it played out for me because I have a weird team. Mm -hmm. And weird is good in an overall contest. You know, I I went expensive on tight end. And uh, one of the guys in the league, I wish I knew his full name, but his handle is like just some random handle. But he said to me, he made a really good point in the comments. He said, why is it that experts are always like, wait on QB, wait on QB. Don't, you know, reach for that boutique QB, but they don't feel that way about tight end. Yeah. It's a legit like, question. Why is it, why, why is tight end different than QB? But it isn't. I, I know a lot of people wait on tight ends. 
well, they do, but I mean, whenever you take Kittle in the second round, they're like, oh, good pick. You take Mahomes in the second round, they're like, ooh, I like Mahomes, but you got to wait on quarterback. Valid question. Maybe uh, because replacement value is higher at quarterback than it is at tight end. Well, that's what I told them. I said it's it's the opportunity replacement is high. Like, you know, you're going to get a you can get a guy late who's going to get 600 attempts like Brady or something like that. Whereas with tight ends, good luck finding a guy who gets 100 targets. You know, in the tenth round, right? You might get a guy like Hawkinson, like I got in the eleventh, but we don't know exactly if he's going to hold it. You know, there's it's a right. little bit more like we know that Brady's going to get. 600 attempts or, you know, 550. You, you know, also know, know there'll be 10 starting quarterbacks on the waiver wire that when if you if one, God forbid, gets hurt, you can just pick up one. But there will be guys tight ends also usually. And kind of, but not. Yeah, and there might have been a league or two where Waller was a free agent last year, but there was no leagues where Mark Andrews was a free agent. No, not Mark Andrews, but there's definitely guys that come up i'm trying to think of a good example of someone last year who came like gesicki was a free agent i'm sure uh-huh. in a lot of places or noah fant was a free agent or um you know guys like that i'm sure were available sure i can see that um okay uh let's uh, pay take care of one more piece of business and then we'll move on to, uh, cover the rest of your team uh, a couple other news and notes too say hello to your new favorite place to play fantasy football for real money underdog fantasy with underdog all you need to do is the fun part forget it and that's to draft forget about injuries trades waivers and setting lineups just set it forget it and wait for the winnings to come in this year they have a one million dollar tournament that's right just draft the best team and you have a shot at one million in prizes sign up for underdog today and enter the best ball mania for a chance at one million in prizes by going to underdogfantasy.com or searching for underdog fantasy in your app store be sure to enter the code ROTOWIRE after you make your first deposit. All right, Chris. So, you know, you did, you know, you did go get Dak Prescott in the fifth round on this one. You find yourself kind of behind on uh, running backs. Uh, How did you feel receivers, about Receivers, not running I mean, backs. receivers, I'm excuse me. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, misspoke there. Uh, so you find yourself a little bit behind on uh, the, the, the wide receivers there. You get Ronald Jones in the sixth. You still only have one right wide receiver. How did you address it? So I just got volume uh, in, you know, rounds seven through 10. I just went four receivers in a row. My nightmare is if Thielen strains his hamstring again, and I'm like, ah, I don't even have an anchor. But, you know, Thielen's got to stay healthy. But, I mean, everyone's got to have their top pick stay healthy. Um, So CeeDee Lamb, I think, might end up being, like, a top 15 receiver. He's got the pedigree. He's getting the the work in training camp. And I'm not sure that Gallup, Cooper – lamb that it's clear what the order really is for those guys. Right. So I feel like I was stealing there a little bit. I just think that because he's a rookie and it's unusual that, uh, the market hasn't caught on Slayton, same thing. Um, second year guy who was really good with a bad team around him. Now there's a lot of mouths to feed in the giants offense, but I think he's clearly the best receiver they have. It's going to be, you know, Ingram, we'll see if he even stays healthy. Mm-hmm. But I think Slayton will get, you know, well, there, there's a little bit of volume issue with Slayton, but I think the upside is there. And then I just think Hardman and, and Preston Williams, I think Preston Williams is in a very narrow tree and apparently is good. Should have been drafted earlier. Had some issues in college. And then Mecole Hardman is just a total lottery ticket where if Tyreek's hamstring is a problem, you know, Mecole Hardman has sky's the limit for him in that offense. So I took him in I a similar him, spot and yeah. for the same sort of reasons, you know, you can't start him in week one. 
but hopefully I'll be able to start them shortly thereafter. In fact, I took them earlier than you did, so. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I like where you got them a lot better. That's for sure. I got them at eight two. You got them at nine nine. So I, nine, I f- far prefer that. And I got to kill Harry in the fourteenth. I think there's a twenty five percent chance that he's easily the number one receiver in New England. And then Van Jefferson. Don't sleep on Van Jefferson. Round sixteen. Cooper Cup's a little banged up. I don't think uh, what's his name the third Josh Reynolds is anything. And Van Jefferson supposedly having a great camp. They took this guy in the second round, even though he couldn't even run in the combine because he had an injury. Mm-hmm. And they still took him in the second round. I mean, and apparently he's just unguardable in camp. And he's been battling with Jalen Ramsey. Like those two have been going at it as if, you know, Van Jefferson's some sort of star pro receiver. So right. I, I really like him. And it was like a Robert Woods and cup, but like those guys are okay. I and mean, cup's pretty good. Woods is competent, but Maybe Van Jefferson's better than both those guys. Very well could be. Very, you know, he, you know, his dad was a star in this league, so at least for a while, and that always is something that uh, you want. You know, that that doesn't hurt. That's a factor that doesn't hurt. And who's his dad? Sure. Is his dad John Jefferson? Yeah. Uh, John Jefferson was good. Yeah. Sure was. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, it might be a case there where. You end up getting it. Uh, now he's the second Jefferson taken, but he might be ends up first. But uh, we'll see. Should be uh, the first Jefferson. Yeah, should be. And you know the Rams, they kind of have a narrow tree, so we'll, unless they use both tight ends at once. Yeah, Mara's been convincing me that Everett's not a thing anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that's right, but I've heard I mean, both. You know, I've I, you know Coventry thinks that uh, he's definitely a thing. I've heard, and Mario thinks he's definitely not a thing. So it'll be that we should, you know, foment a side bet between them. Yes. Yeah, but uh, that's good. Any regrets from this team? Yeah, there were a couple errors. One is I like Melvin Gordon, and it's probably the right pick. But I don't know. After I saw that his ribs were hurt, I was like, man, I could have just taken Chark or Metcalf there. That would have been a nice pick. But you know, you need running backs, and I, yeah, I only have three. I have four with Hines. And then a uh, very minor regret. I took uh, Trent Taylor in the 18th round and it cost me, I think Indy's defense after that. And they played the Jaguars week one. And I just was like, ah, I should have taken that. Trent Taylor still would have been there in 19. And then P Ryan, who I got in 19, who I was happy with at the time. Well, he's hurt now. So yeah, I have to cut him. So it's a small mistake, but, and you're worried about week one because your primary defense is the chargers. Uh, who now are da- – well, they're, fa- they're facing the Bengals, even without Derwin James. I know, they're still a fine uh, team to use, but, yeah, Derwin James getting hurt isn't great, and I would have used Indy against Jacksonville over them. Okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, – and the thing is, you know, we'll, we'll see about who, who if A.J. Green's on the field for the Bengals, if Joe Mixon's on the field for the Bengals, you still might be starting the Chargers. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm going to – I'm happy with the Chargers. I took uh, – football team defense afterward. Yes. I forget who they're playing. I think they're playing Philly, which isn't great, but just in case chase young, who's a little banged up is a total monster. I, I just saw a note Taylor, that he's at 97%. So okay, you're good. good. When Lawrence Taylor got drafted by the giants, it transformed that defense and from like nothing into like a nasty defense. And one guy who's that good. Oh yeah. And you know, and he's so hyped. I don't know. We'll see. So Nick I, Bosa and, last year at the Niners, right. Or Joey Bosa with the Chargers a couple of years. Sure. Ago. Yeah, a, a great defensive lineman makes is a huge game changer. 
a killer edge rusher. Yeah. Really, really makes a difference. Yeah. And, and the Redskins had, I said Redskins, the uh, Washington football team had a decent defense before that. They weren't that bad. So uh, I, yeah. And I think Ron Rivera, like, you know, he's one of those old school coaches that maybe just at least the players respect Rivera, mm-hmm. which is different than like some of the nutless monkeys, the coach that are like their X's and O's guys, but they don't get respect. So maybe, um, just having a guy like that is good for the defense too. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other thoughts uh, before we sign off for today? Not really. I, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the prime time. I don't know where I'm drafting yet. I don't know if the league's filled. You can, it's next uh, Saturday at 4 PM. You guys can, join if there's it's expensive it's 1700 bucks but uh 200 grand grand prize and uh if there's room we can get in that i know you're doing one around then yeah but uh i'm looking forward to that i gotta think about kds yeah i may go one through four i i'm one through six and then 12 through seven but i might go one through four and then 12 through six maybe maybe one through five and th- there's always the chance michael thomas gets in there and then you get you know you get the guy you want anyway mm-hmm. so you don't want to be too you know you don't want to cut it too close yeah. Well, let me know how it goes. Uh, we'll, we'll probably by the uh, time we are talking tomorrow morning for the XM broadca- uh, broadcast, uh, we'll know. Yeah. Well, if it fills, if it fills immediately. Right. Okay. That's going to do it for today's uh, podcast. I want to thank Dynasty Owner and all of our other sponsors for sponsoring us. Uh, coming at you tomorrow, Joe Bartle and Jake Latarski. Thanks, as always, for listening to Rotowire. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It does mean a ton for us. And if you still don't subscribe to Rotowire, just go to rotowire.com slash free. Get that free 10-day trial, and hopefully you like it so much you want to subscribe. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.